everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. Hello and welcome. There are many, many people out there who are being held back by some belief that they have that just is not true. Limiting beliefs. There are moments when we have been lied to, we've heard something that's not true, and we internalized it anyway. Maybe we heard it enough times, maybe we heard it just at the right time, and it seeped its way in, and even today, it is keeping us from following God. I'm glad you've joined us today. If that sounds like you, maybe you don't even realize that you have some of these beliefs, but you do. And some of them are keeping you from being all that God wants you to be. Being the husband or the wife or the boyfriend or the girlfriend that God wants you to be. Being the employer or the employee that God wants you to be. Being the son or the daughter. Being the brother or the sister or the neighbor or the friend. Whatever it is, whatever relationship, whatever situation in your life, chances are that the enemy has sown some deceitfulness. And that's what he does. He is the father of lies. The enemy sows deceitfulness. We're going to look at the life of Moses. Just a small section of it. So much is given to Moses as far as real estate in the Bible, but I want to look at the moment when God called him to lead the children of Israel out of bondage and into the the promised land. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 10. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 10, the word of God says, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go into Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. We're going to continue this conversation or looking at this conversation between Moses and God, but I want you to pick up on a pattern that's happening here. God has heard the cries of his people. They've been enslaved in Egypt. They were initially welcomed as guests, and hundreds of years later, now they're in bondage. Now they're being treated terribly. And God hears their prayers, their cries, and he puts his plan of deliverance into motion. And that brings us to Moses. Moses was a Jewish man who narrowly escaped death while he was a baby by God's divine providence. And he ended up being taken into the Pharaoh's house and raised in the Egyptian palace, being given a court education. But when the time came for him to identify with either being an Egyptian person of privilege and power or being a member of God's people, the Jews, he chose to identify with the Jewish people. Well, a situation happened where he was trying to stand up for one of them, and he accidentally killed a man and tried to bury the man in the desert, thinking that no one had saw. But they did see, and he was chased, or he ran, I should say, out of Egypt proper and was hiding in the backside of the desert. Forty years go by, 40 years go by, he's on the backside of the desert, and God visits Moses. You've probably, if you've been around the things of the Bible at all, 
Uh, you know about the burning bush, and God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, and this is part of that conversation. And God is going to send Moses to Pharaoh, and Moses is supposed to bring forth God's people. There's hundreds of thousands of these people, if not more than that, depending on who you listen to. And Egypt and Pharaoh, they're the world superpower at this time. He's the king of Egypt, and he is, he is the authority. And Moses hears God's calling on his life, and he begins to make excuses. Why? Because he was scared, and Moses had some limiting beliefs, and he thought, I cannot do this. Maybe you resonate with Moses in this situation. There's something you're thinking about. I cannot do that. I'll never be that. I'll never get past this. I'll never change. I don't know what's going through your mind, but we have sort of the soundtrack of our own thoughts, and we say things to ourselves, and sometimes they're just not true. I can't do this thing that I feel called to do because there will be these consequences, or I'm not up to it, or I've just, I'm disqualified from this. And we know that sometimes... Beliefs like that can be true, but most of the time, they're limiting beliefs. They're faithlessness, because God had said here to Moses, and Moses keeps coming up with reasons why he can't do this. He's like, who am I? I'm nobody. I can't do this. And then he says, they're not going to believe me when I say that God has sent me. Or they're not going to know who it is, because they've been away from you for so long. And, And who shall I say sent me? But God says this in verse number 12, certainly I will be with thee. So any of Moses' deficiencies, God immediately answers that and says, listen, I'm going with you. I'm going to be your strength. I'm going to care for this. But yet Moses kept bringing up the reasons why he can't do it. If you skip down to Exodus chapter 4 and verse number 1, Moses is at it again. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So here's another reason that Moses is saying, I can't do it. They're just not going to believe me. I can't do anything right. Moses could be envisioning his great failure and the man that he killed. He was trying to do the right thing, and yet he killed somebody, and he's been in the backside of the desert doing nothing. He spent the first 40 years of his life thinking that he was somebody, being that Egyptian-trained almost like a position of royalty. And then he spent the, the other 40 years of his life on the backside of the desert realizing that he was a nobody. And then the next 40 years, we're going to see some wonderful things that God's going to do with his life. But before he makes that transition from the desert into leading the children of Israel, he's got to get over a few things. And he tells God, I, I, they're not going to believe me. And God says, I'll give you something to help you. He says, and the Lord said unto him, this is verse number two of Exodus 4, What is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. Then he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled before it. Moses was going to come with a supernatural message to the children of Israel, and God was going to give him a supernatural piece of evidence to prove to them that Moses really did hear from God. And so his serpent, excuse me, his staff, he threw it on the ground, his rod, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled away from before it. And the verses go on to talk about how he was told to grab it and take it back up again. Verse number six. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and he plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. 
What is this? This is another sign. If they don't believe the fact that your rod had turned into a serpent that, that would validate this supernatural claim, he says, I want you to do this. You can take your hand and you can put it inside of your robe. And when you pull it back out, it's going to be leprous. Leprosy was a terrible disease. It was very dangerous. There was no cure for it. Well, he said, after you show it to them, put it back into thy bosom again. And when you take it out, it's going to be turned as your other flesh. So he was going to have these signs, these miracles, these impossible things. God gave them to him so that he could still do this job. And he still says, I can't do it. Exodus 4 and verse number 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. He says, God, I know that you say you're going to go with me, but they're not going to believe me. And okay, I know you give me some evidences, but I just, I can't speak like that. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. I'm not the guy to be your mouthpiece to Pharaoh or to your children. Verse number 11 of Exodus 4 says, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Sounds like a pretty good promise. But Moses keeps fighting with God. Verse 13, And he said, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of whom thou wilt send. In other words, he didn't say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. He's like, well, Lord, send whoever it is you want to send. In other words, he was indirectly saying, you're making a mistake. You're making a mistake. You should not be sending me. And after he kept saying no, verse 14 says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, meaning the Lord said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. So God, (laughs) he said that he was going to make a way for this still to work, but he was angered. His anger was kindled against Moses. Why? Well, even though Aaron, his brother, was going to come and Aaron was going to be the mouthpiece and he was going to hear, Moses would hear from God and then Aaron would hear from Moses and then Aaron would tell the people because he was eloquent, God was not pleased and this is not what he wanted to do. What is going on? Why would Moses not take these promises that God had made that he would be with them, these evidences that he was going to take and show them these answers that he could give the people? The fact that God said, I will enable you and I will be with your mouth when he said, I I can't speak, I'm slow of speech and not eloquent, God said, I'm going to make up everything you lack. And he still said at the end of the day, well, I guess you're going to do whatever you're going to do. What is going on? Here's the answer. Moses had it stuck in his mind that he could not do it. No matter how big God was, he was not big enough to overcome this faithlessness, these limiting beliefs that Moses had. And there are many people today that struggle with these things, and they think, I cannot answer the call of God on my life because of X, Y, or Z, whatever that is. Some people have been told something, maybe by a parent. Sadly enough, sometimes it's by a spiritual person in their life, like a Sunday school teacher or a pastor. They were given some disparaging news. It could be the enemy that spoke it. It could be something that they came up with on their own when they saw that they they failed, like most likely what happened with Moses. When he murdered a man and realized he was of no good and his 
desires to help his people were just making things worse. And he ran off. I don't know where you got your limiting beliefs, but there's probably something that you've been telling yourself that is not true. But you've said it to yourself so many times, repeating after whoever it was that initially wounded you in this way, repeating it to where you are now telling God, no, I cannot do it, I can't go forward. There are many times, many times in the Christian life where God asks of us more than we think that we can do. Many times. I just mentioned in some of my sermons recently that people will say God doesn't give you more than you can handle. But I said that you're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible. You're going to find many times in the Bible where God gave people more than they could handle. Why would God do that? Because it leads people back to God. It leads people back to himself. When we have more than we can handle, when we are in our weakest, that is when God is strong. It's the perfect moment when we say, I can't, I can't figure this out. I can't do anymore. I'm at my wit's end. I just, there's nothing more I can do, God. It has to be you. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. So the question is today, what have you been believing about yourself, about God, that is not true, but you've treated it as true? Maybe you've said, I, I could never get up and speak in front of a group of people. I just, I can't do that. I cannot do that. Maybe you've tried before and it didn't go well. Maybe you're thinking back to some traumatic moment that happened in your childhood when you were called to give a book report in front of the class. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's more recent. Maybe it's something that happened when you were in high school or in college, or maybe something at work and you've just told yourself, I cannot speak in front of people because of this thing. And yet God is asking you to speak for him. Maybe as a preacher, but perhaps as a Sunday school teacher perhaps as a Bible study leader, perhaps as just a faithful witness, perhaps as just an encourager to go up and to speak to other people and give them a good word of admonition or encouragement. I don't know what it is, but many people feel like that. I couldn't do that for God. Or people will say, I'm not the kind of person that God could use. They look back in their lives and there's some sin there. There's some failure there. This is probably what Moses was dealing with. There were some great failure, moments when they tried in their own strength to do things, maybe even good things, and it just collapsed all around them. And they say, now, I'm damaged goods. God can't use me. God won't use me. And they say these things to themselves over and over and over again. So when God comes calling and they're asked to step up and serve the Lord, their immediate answer is, no, I cannot do that. I am damaged. I am broken. I can't be used. And yet, who hasn't been damaged or broken that God actually uses? I don't know where people think that these perfect servants of God come from. Well, they're all made from people like Moses. Even the best ones that start out great, like David, they have their own moments of faithlessness and disobedience. So that is just a limiting belief or some faithlessness. Some other people would say, well, no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to listen to me. I don't know enough. I don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. And there's plenty of people that (laughs) people don't listen to me. And it's not as though I have all the answers, most certainly not. But as a pastor, as somebody who studied for this, who was trained formally for all of this, I want to let you know that I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. And even when I think I do, people still don't listen at times. I want you to know that's not up to you. That's not up to me. And that is a belief that has been said over and over again in our heads that we come to believe is true, and it keeps us from from serving God. One of the things that I have heard in my mind over and over again, I'll share with you, 
one of the limiting beliefs is that I will lose the approval of other people if I stand up strongly for things. I will lose the approval of other people. And that shows that I, in those moments, have a greater fear of man than I do a fear of God. And I'm so worried about losing perhaps my reputation or their personal acceptance with me that I think I I have to just take the easy road and I just have to be very malleable and soft and bend to the will. But I want you to know there are times when God calls his men, his women, to stand strong for truth to do what they know is right, even if they know it's going to make other people upset, even if good people are upset at them. I've recently learned this, and that's why I'm sharing this whole idea about limiting beliefs with you in Moses' life, is that I have learned that I can be happy even when good people are not happy with me. I can be happy even when good people are not happy with me because, why? Because I'm pleasing the Lord because I'm pleasing the Lord. I would tell myself I have to keep everyone happy. I have to try and keep unity. I have to try and keep peace. I have to try and make sure that everybody gets everything that they want all the time and that everybody thinks the best of me. And that was not true. I don't have to have those things. And you don't have to have those things either. So I don't know what unrealistic expectation you've put upon yourself or you've allowed other people to put upon you to be the perfect parent, to be the perfect employee, to be the perfect child, to be the perfect student, Uh, Whatever it is, I want you to know that that is holding you back from serving God. You say, well, until I be the perfect student, I can't do this. Or until I'm the, the perfect... If you waited until everything was ready, you'll never do anything. There just has to be a moment when you, by faith, launch out and trust the Lord, and you silence the lies of the enemy that are inside of your own mind. Moses made God angry. I don't want to make God angry. I know at times I've had. There have been times when God has told me, not in some audible way, but in the the still small voice or through his word or through the urging of his spirit, I felt that I ought to do something, but I knew that it would make waves or I knew that it might hurt my reputation with somebody. And I said, no, no, God, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I have to keep everybody. Think about that. When is it ever a good idea to say no to God? It most certainly has never been a good idea if you look at the Bible for the people that said no to God, and I'm sure it hasn't worked out for you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you've ever said no to God, I'm sure that it didn't work out well. And I can tell you from my personal experience, it didn't work out well with me. So this is what I want to challenge you to do today. I want you to think through the soundtracks that are running through your head. You know, the soundtrack of a movie is what plays in the background. I want to, what plays in the background of your mind? And is there something there that's holding you back that is not true? What do you do if you find that there is something there? You must speak the truth into that place. If it's saying that I'm too broken and God can never use me and I'm damaged goods, then you need to say, no, I have been made new. All things are become new, the Bible says, when you've trusted Christ as Savior, that you're made a new creature. God has created you anew again, and that we can do all things through him. So when we hear that lie in our mind, or I can't do this because people will be upset with me, you just speak truth into that and say, should we now obey God or man? And the answer is, of course, that we should obey the Lord. When you hear it say, well, I can't get up there and speak for him, and I can't do this, and I've never been any good at it, you have to speak back into that moment 
into your own heart and mind. Speak the truth to yourself that God will enable you. It's the Spirit of God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So be on the lookout for these things. This is why many Christians find themselves on the sidelines, not serving the Lord, not experiencing victory. They've already been defeated in their mind before they ever got out there and tried to get it done. It's like being in a sports game, sitting on the bench and just telling yourself, I'm never going to get in, I can't get in, even if I get called off the bench in order to play, I'm going to mess it up, it's not going to work. You're going to stay that way in that defeated mindset for a long time. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, a fear of failure. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I want to encourage you to do battle with the false statements running through your head with the truth of God's word. And stand on that. And I know it's weird to talk to yourself, but sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. Have you ever noticed how in the Psalms, the psalmist will sometimes speak to his soul? He will say, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He's talking to himself because he's downcast and he's talking to his own soul. And he's saying, soul, what are you doing? You ought to be praising God and saying the good things about God instead of being run down all the time. And you probably need to speak some truth into your own life. Pray, ask the spirit of God to show you where these little bits or sometimes not even little strongholds they sometimes are of deception has taken hold in your mind and ask God to free you from it limiting beliefs. Our God is great, and he is powerful, and he is able, and he's made promises to us. We can trust him, and we can move forward in those. Thank you so much for being with us today, and I hope that this has been a blessing to you, and that you'll join us again. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening, and may God bless you.